Radio Pulpit, 657 AM, your daily companion. It's 38 minutes, my family, after one. That is your time. Uh, Let me quickly read uh, the definition for human trafficking. And this is according to uh, the A21 campaign. You can find them, a21.org. And according to the experts, uh, human trafficking is the illegal trade of human beings, illegal trade of human beings. It is the recruitment, control and use of people for their bodies and for their labor through force, fraud, coercion. People everywhere are being brought, bought and sold against their will right now in the 21st century. Uh, But slavery is more stoppable than ever. And that's exactly what human trafficking is. And that's why we are here to rally around the world doing work together. This is a statement on the A21 uh, campaign's website, my family. And joining us right now for conversation, more insights, more information uh, is indeed Sinead. She is the Reach Out Coordinator at uh, A21 South Africa. Sinead, good afternoon and thank you so much for having given us your time. Good afternoon, Ayanda, and good afternoon to the listeners as well. So nice to be here with you again. Yeah, no, absolutely. Thank you so much for your time. Truly appreciate it. Now, let's learn a little bit more about the A21 campaign. What what exactly does the organization stand for, in your own words, and why uh, A21 and why this campaign at this time uh, in our country? Yeah, sure. So I think one stands for abolishing modern-day slavery in the 21st century. Mm-hmm. We are a global non-profit organization um, determined to eradicate human trafficking through a multi-dimensional operational strategy, mm-hmm. reach, rescue, and restore. So basically, our reach programs are the difference between vulnerability and safety. It's all about preventing human trafficking from taking place. Mm. And then our rescue programs are the difference between exploitation and freedom. So through the National Human Trafficking Hotline, our partnerships with law enforcement and by training frontline professionals, we are able to provide a coordinated and more effective response to get the victims of trafficking rescued. Mm. And then lastly, our restore um, program is the difference between re-victimization and independence. So it's about addressing the vulnerability factors, helping them work through the trauma, mm. and looking at their holistic well-being so that they can then integrate back into society without being exploited again. Mm, 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 mm. Shanae, I, I want to zoom into especially uh, the vulnerability factors, right? Mm-hmm. And maybe let me ask that question in conjunction with an overview of last year. Um, what did last year look like in terms of numbers, in terms of intensity, in terms of uh, perhaps even fatalities, recoveries? What did last year look like? You know, how are we doing as a country with regards to human trafficking? And uh, let's also then talk about uh, exactly what vulnerable looks like in the context of human trafficking. Yes, sure. So the question we receive all the time is, does human trafficking really exist? Does it exist in South Africa? And I want to start off by saying globally, there's about 15 million people enslaved. 
um, or in a trafficking situation. And that's more slower than any other time in history. So it's a it's a very real problem. And in mm-hmm. South Africa, there's about 158,000 victims of trafficking. Um, since we started the National Human Trafficking Hotline in 2016, we received um, about 11,000 calls. And the 79.2% of the calls we received in 2023 was human trafficking related. So there were about 2,900 human trafficking related calls that, mm. that we received. Um, a few other numbers that I can share with you is that over 50% of the jobs that we vetted were confirmed as scams. Wow. Um, but they, we also did a lot of awareness, a lot of prevention in vulnerable communities. So we had 196 reach events. Um, where we um, equipped about two, uh, 23,000 people with prevention, over 200,000 with awareness. So despite the horrible numbers in terms of you know, victims of trafficking, we're also working very hard to equip and empower the most vulnerable communities. Shanae, what is vulnerable? Uh, okay, let me, sorry, just uh, one mm. step back. And so, in a nutshell, um, uh, wh- how are we doing as a country? In a nutshell, you know, and 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 thank you for debunking the myth, the myth that ah, you know, there's no human trafficking, you know, um, just because I've not seen it happen with my own eyes, it's as if it doesn't exist. Thank you for that because it's such a reality. Mm-hmm. Um, how then are we doing as a country, really, um, in terms of? our openness to human trafficking in terms of the reality on the ground, what does that look like? Hmm. So unfortunately, South Africa is a very vulnerable population. Um, Statistics show that 54% of South Africa's population is vulnerable um, to trafficking. And we know that South Africa is one of the highest unemployment rates in the world. Hmm. And since COVID, it has also increased significantly, which makes a large portion of the population susceptible to trafficking. Um, but we do see that there's incredible organizations out there and government is working hard to you know, respond to, to this, this issue. Mm. Uh, we have great policies. Honestly, um, you know, our Trafficking in Persons Act is, is incredible. But we do see challenges when it comes to the implementation of it. So mm. we don't necessarily lack, you know, laws and um, all those things, but um, the, the implementation mm. um, remains a bit of a, a challenge. Mm, mm, mm. Let's now talk about vulnerability. You and I have been mm. mentioning this word a lot in our conversation so far. Um, when we talk vulnerability, um, what do we? What are we talking? What are those factors that make people vulnerable to the typical uh, human trafficking uh, situation? Mm. I'm glad you asked, Yanda, because the one thing that all victims of trafficking have in common is vulnerability. Mm. Traffickers feed of vulnerability and some vulnerability factors that lead people in desperation include low levels of un- unemployment, poverty and a lack of education for instance. And when we talk about vulnerabilities we are referring to systemic vulnerabilities, so things we cannot change such as the GDP of the country, the levels of corruption, mm. access to running water, but also intrinsic vulnerabilities such as your personal level of education, your job, previous abuse, trauma. 
And um, in South Africa, we have seen that the most common method traffickers use to lure in victims include false job opportunities, mm. um, as well as this promise of a better life and false relationships. And we often see that traffickers would seduce or trick young girls in order to later exploit them. And this is what we call the, the lover boy method. Mm. The love of? The lover boy method. Oh, wow. You know, the, the, I just want to sit, uh, Shanae, a little bit on the unemployment and, uh, you know, that whole scam and that whole pitch. There's a certain pitch that seems common amongst different types of human trafficking. And that pitch, you know, without, you know, without using a, a, a script, right? That pitch will have these elements in it. Um, I can see you need help. I am able to help you, but this help can only happen in my way. Is this correct? Um, sorry, Ayan, I'm not sure if I understand your question, but if you could maybe just so, rephrase it. So, so, so there are certain elements, right, to the approach that traffickers use. For example, the employment uh, scam, right? If you trace the traits in that pitch, that pitch says, I realize that you are in need, right? So I'm speaking Mm -hmm. as if I'm the one perpetrating the trafficking. I realize that you are in need and I have the solution, but this Mm -hmm. solution can only happen in my way. Mm -hmm. Is, Is this anywhere near accurate? Yeah, no, definitely. You know, we see that victims are often deceived and manipulated mm. um, where the person makes them believe that they have this incredible opportunity for them that will change their life. And um, that's why, you know, we talk about this promise of, of a better life. Mm. So um, people won't um, go into a situation like that if they knew that it was dangerous. But because traffickers are so strategic in the way they approach these victims mm. and they, they feed off their vulnerability and they know that these people are in a position of desperation, it's much easier to, to lure them in mm. um, by deceiving them. Sure. I just, I just really wanted to focus on that because I think maybe even for, for parents, um, you know, Shanae, it might be helpful for parents to understand that when children, um, teenagers to young adults, when they fall into these situations, it's because the people applying these methods, they've mastered, you know, the art of manipulation. They've mastered mm. the art of deception. And sometimes mm. I think we are a little bit hard, you know, on our children. Because, of course, I mean, in, as a teenager or as a young adult, you are, you are exploring. So everything is easy for you. But I think it's important for parents to start now having that conversation, not to... Um, not to um, not to judge, but maybe to empower, you know, our children to really understand that any situation is a potential, uh, it's a potential situation. Let's not use innocent eyes to look at everything. Let's be aware, let's be empowered, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and, 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 and let's take responsibility in that sense. Yeah, that's yeah. so true. And I just want to add, you know, like sure. empowering your child's ability to say no is so important, you know, mm. when they feel uncomfortable and um, open communication and creating an environment that builds trust 
is key to safeguarding your child, especially teenagers. So empower your child to protect themselves by building trust so that they know they can come to you about uncomfortable or unsafe situations. Mm. So the mm. goal is to create a safe space, safe space where your child feels comfortable to discuss any any topic. Mm. Sinead, what types of human trafficking are most prevalent? And I mean, you know, I feel bad asking this question, actually, because all human trafficking is important. But I really just want us to zoom into the current trend that we are looking at as a country. Yes, yes. Now, there are various different types of trafficking, such as forced labor, domestic servitude, bonded labor, child soldiers, organ harvesting, Hmm. um, as well as sexual exploitation. But the most common types of trafficking that we see here in South Africa are sex trafficking, labor trafficking, and domestic servitude. So sex trafficking is basically when people are used for their bodies, um, Hmm. uh, they are forced to have sex with others for no or little pay, Hmm. and labor trafficking, forced to work long hours for very little or no pay, don't um, have freedom of movement, um, often abused with that. And then domestic servitude is basically when someone works as a domestic worker for mm. someone else. So they mm. tend to live and work in the same place. Mm. Same story, long hours, very little or no day with uh, no freedom of movement. Shanae, tell me, as a country, um, are we importing or exporting? Um, are we the importer or exporter or are we both? So South Africa is considered a um, transit destination and source country. So basically what that means is we often see that um, if we talk about source, we talk about victims of trafficking being recruited in South Africa to other countries mm. like European countries, Asian countries, through let's say a false travel opportunity or false job opportunity, modeling opportunity, caregiving, mm, mm, you know. Mm, um, and mm. then when we talk about transit, we talk about people being recruited in one, let's say, African country, being transported through South Africa to another country. And then lastly, a destination country, which means that a lot of people from other African countries, for instance, are um, recruited um, in their countries and brought to South Africa mostly through false job opportunities because in Africa there's this impression that there's way more you know opportunities here in South Africa mm. um, which is not necessarily the case looking at our unemployment rates but um, we do see a lot of people being recruited from our neighboring countries to South Africa. Sure. Wow, my family in conversation with us is uh, Shanae Faree, who is the uh, REACH coordinator at A21 uh, South Africa. It's a global uh, uh, organization that advocates against human trafficking. Our time, six minutes before the top of the hour. I want to come to your messages on the WhatsApp line. Earlier on, when we introduced the topic, one of the questions that I was asking, uh, you know, that, that, I, that I know this conversation will address without me having to ask, is who exactly uh, is human trafficking in a country like South Africa benefiting? Surely somebody must benefit from this. Surely uh, somebody's turning a blind eye. Um, otherwise, the numbers wouldn't look like they are. Um, and uh, here's a response from uh, Shalom J. Hello, Shalom J. 
Those who benefit from human trafficking is the following, the kidnapper, the syndicates, the drug lords, the pimps, um, and all of the above are ruled and controlled by mafia or gangs. Let me ask you uh, a question differently, Shanae. Um, who is involved in the whole ecosystem of human trafficking? Who are those stakeholders? Including, by the way, law enforcement. If, if, if we had to draw a map of what that world looks like, who exactly is involved in that space? Um, so, you know, we see different nationalities, we see different groups of people, different organizations. Mm. So it's hard to pinpoint only one or two. Mm. Um, but at the end of the day, human trafficking is fueled by a high reward, low risk dynamic. So mm. in other words, traffickers can expect to make a lot of money with minimal fear of punishment or legal consequence. Um, you know, it's the second most profitable illegal industry mm. second only to the drug trade. Mm. Um, you know, and while drugs are sold in one transaction, human beings can be sold over and over again. So the costs are low and the profits are extremely high. So it's different groups of people wanting to profit from Hmm. human trafficking and by exploiting others. So you say it's a high reward, low? High reward, low risk wow. dynamic. Wow. Mm-hmm. Sinead, that is very helpful. Do you know how helpful that is? Because already mm-hmm. from there, we then understand where exactly the loopholes are and mm-hmm. uh, some of uh the 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 you know some of the the um, what do you call it uh some of the things that fuel uh human trafficking um and yeah so so let me let me let me try and see if we can actually um zoom into this question uh Shanae. so in terms of stakeholders when we look at that ecosystem surely law enforcement is part of that surely um illegal uh, trade of you know the le- the illegal black market is part of that um, vulnerable communities are part of that uh, maybe women and children are part of that uh, is there anything else that I've missed from the list from this list um, you know it's, it's true Ayanda it's pretty much everyone you know it's uh, it's hard to, to exclude a certain group from mm becoming potential victims of trafficking, but also when it comes to the fight of human trafficking, it's important that all those stakeholders come together, join hands. Um, it's, it's, mm. you know, it's not up to one program or one organization to conquer this mm. organized crime. Mm. We mm. all need to come together and join hands. Tell me, Shanae, is there any data available uh, with regards to with regards to how businesses, for example, uh, businesses that are that are affected, you know, let me just put it this way: the reason I'm asking you about stakeholders is because I'm trying to get get to the bottom, right? Of if everyone in this country thought like yourselves, thought that human trafficking was a problem and that we need to stand and do something about it. Why is it that there is no one, literally, 
I mean, there's right now there's two organizations that I know of that are actively advocating A21 being one of those organizations, another Christian organization being one of those. And yet we are a country, you know, that continues to spend billions on Lord knows what. And I'm trying to figure out in my head is is why is business silent? Why is government not acting with the urgency that this matter um, deserves? And so I'm trying to figure out, you know, in because if you if women and children are involved, that means there's a, a labor a skills issue for businesses. Um, if uh, um, uh, law enforcement um, uh, authorities are involved, that's a government issue. I, I, for me, maybe you help me understand this, Shanae. What is the level of involvement of these communities and what can we do as a nation to really trigger urgency and perhaps real effort towards um, uh, eradicating human trafficking? Yeah, now I hear you, Ayanda, and there's certainly many challenges um, that we're all very aware of. Um, but, you know, there's also a lot of success stories and um, a lot of organizations doing incredible things mm. in, the, in the space of prevention and awareness. And we built some really good relationships within law enforcement and the walks and within the in government, um, such as, you know, Department of Social Rule Development, Department mm. of Education, to get access to schools to also equip them, Department of Health to do professional training with the doctors, the nurses that might come across victims of of trafficking. So we do see that um, there's a, there is an urgency from um, many organizations and people, and um, people are becoming more into to collaboration. But, you know, unfortunately, the challenges will will always be there. It's just about our attitude and approach to spot the, the challenges. Mm, mm. And wh- how would you best uh, advise that we approach the situation, uh, Shanae, so that we can start, res- um, you know, receiving a response? Mm. Well, um, I, I think it's important that we firstly focus on educating ourselves. Mm. So, for instance, around the different forms of, of trafficking, the most common recruitment methods, how to identify victim of trafficking, mm. what are some of the red flags when looking at a job opportunity. Sure. Um, and then, secondly, to be cautious when it comes to who you are speaking to, the information you are sharing on social media, the job or travel opportunities you are looking at. Um, you know, it's important not to trust too easily and not just assume all the information that you are receiving is is actually legitimate. So ask questions, do your research, and then lastly, to prevent yourself from being trafficked, it's mm. important to have a safety network with people that you can trust and make sure to share important information with them when it comes to job opportunities you are looking at, people mm. you are speaking to online, um, ask for advice and and keep them updated. And, you know, lastly, um, as we always say, if you suspect that reported, so one call could be the difference between a victim and a survivor. Um, one also runs the National Human Trafficking Hotline. So I really want to encourage all the listeners mm. to save the number to their phone. It's 0800 7 Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that number is zero eight hundred triple two triple seven, right? Yes, that's 
That is correct. And that is the A21 uh, hotline where people can call if they suspect, if they are in a situation. Um, And, of course, it will be helpful if they save it to their emergency numbers. Shanae, you've been very helpful this afternoon. Thank you so much for having given us your time. And uh, all the best to you and your team as you continue with the great work of advocating um, awareness and, uh, uh, you know, uh, empowering people with information around human trafficking. Thank you so much, Anand. That was really nice to be here with you all. And um, you know, I just want to end off by saying mm. fighting trafficking requires all of us to do what seems like the small things consistently together. So never underestimate the difference that you can make. Mm. Mm-hmm. Wow. And uh, uh, A21, my family, you can find them on a21.org. Please do visit. Uh, there's tabs there where you can volunteer, uh, find a community next to you, you know, that can uh, operate within the safety um, of people who know exactly what they're doing, who have been doing it for a while. Absolutely amazing conversation. Bringing us to two minutes after two, we cross over now to have a look at some of your good news stories. And the first story in our good news bulletin is about a great, 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 great human being. Absolutely wonderful to read about him uh, in the news. Let's cross over my family to your good news bulletin. Radio Pulpit, 657 AM. Your daily companion through thick and thin. Download our mobile app or visit radiopulpit.co.za. Do you need prayer? WhatsApp your name and your prayer request to 082-657-2729. And our care center will gladly contact you to pray for you. You and 657 AM and Life, a winning team on the road to eternity.